Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another thrill-packed edition of the Chris Cast. I am your host, Chris. This week, I will be reviewing Passenger 57, The Intruder, starring Dennis Quaid, and Hamilton, as premiered on the Disney Plus this past week. But first, let's get into a little bit of news. It was reported this week that Javicia Leslie will be the new Batwoman. Currently, the character is named Ryan Wilder. There is speculation that that is a cover name, and that's not what her name will actually be. But there's no word one way or the other. And looking over her filmography, I don't believe I have seen anything she has been in. She was in God Friended Me, which was a sitcom that lasted for a couple seasons. Um, MacGyver on CBS, The Family Business, uh, Always a Bridesmaid. Several things that she has been in, but like I said, I just am not familiar with her at all. I do look forward to what she can do with the role. It's a character that I've cared very much for through the years. And I really hate to see that they have to change the cast, but having to change the lead actress, at least they're doing as best they can and bringing in a whole new character to take over the role. Time will tell how it goes. Next up, some news for the DC Universe. Uh, I have praised the DC Universe several times, and continue to enjoy the app but this past week has been really really hard to stay behind the DC Universe app. First we had the cancellation of the DC Daily which was a fun show that I enjoyed very much and continued to watch every episode on the day it premiered. Then they announced that there are no more annual subscriptions available, that when your annual subscription runs out, that will be the end of the annual subscriptions and it will go monthly. Then uh, another blow to the future of the DC Universe app, Stargirl has been renewed for a second season, which is great news, except that it's renewed for the CW and not the DC Universe. That is not a good sign for the future of the DC Universe. Hopefully, it's not a bad sign, but I just it really does strike bad notes. And one of the moderators on DC Universe who does Office Hours has really been great at trying to wield these questions and understand our major concerns that we have as subscribers. She pointed out that due to this current situation with coronavirus, they had to make changes, things had to be sacrificed, and for them to keep the app going, they had to make these changes. There were no choices otherwise. So hopefully we can get this disease under control and get them back on track. But, like I said, it is a very grim news for the DC Universe. 
and I really hope this is the end of the bad news. Switching tone, great news for Scooby-Doo fans. Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo was announced. It will bring back Frank Wilker as Scooby-Doo and Fred Jones, Gray Griffin as Daphne Blake, Matthew Lillard as Shaggy Rogers, and Kate McCoochie, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that name, as Velma Dinkley. They will also have guest stars of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Cassandra Peterson, and Bill Nye will be portraying himself. Elvira will be the character in the movie. I'm not seeing an actual release date, but it is direct-to-video and digital this fall, probably around October. Definitely a thrilling thing for me, as I am very much looking forward to seeing that. Next up is an article from Variety.com. Pluto TV to stream 40 shows from CBS Old South Park episodes for free this summer. And the article reads, Here's more corporate synergy in action. Pluto TV is gearing up to stream reruns of dozens of popular CBS and Comedy Central's South Park, all housed under their common parent Viacom CBS on the free, ad-supported, linear TV-style streaming service. Starting July 14th and continuing throughout the summer, Pluto TV's new slate of programming will feature 40 shows from CBS and Comedy Central. Those include Survivor, America's Next Top Model, CSI Miami and CSI New York, and Star Trek The Next Generation. Also coming soon to Pluto TV are select episodes from seasons 1-10 through 10 of Comedy Central's South Park. With the additional content from Viacom CBS siblings, Pluto TV says it will offer over 100,000 hours of content to its more than 24 million monthly active viewers in the U.S., this summer, Pluto TV will add the following series from CBS's library with additional shows to come. Survivor, Star Trek The Next Generation, The Amazing Race, Beverly Hills 90210, Melrose Place, America's Next Top Model, CSI New York and CSI Miami, Everybody Hates Chris, Jag, MacGyver, Sister Sister, Scorpion, Numbers, and Moesha. Last month, Pluto TV collaborated with other Viacom CBS divisions to stream select episodes and series including The Twilight Zone, the Thomas J John Experience, and the Star Trek Marathon featuring Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek The Original Series, Star Trek Enterprise, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. In addition, Pluto TV offered First Wives Club, Digstown, and American Gangster Trap Queens from BET Plus and the first two seasons of Yellowstone leading up to its Season 3 premiere on Paramount Network. The new CBS properties will appear on Pluto TV's owned and operated channels, available in a live streaming feed. Other channels on the service include those for sports, NFL Channel, Major League Soccer, PGA Tour, CBS Sports HQ, BN, sports, sport, BN and Sports Extra, as well as channels for stories by AMC, Degrassi, Baywatch, MTV's The Hills, RuPaul's Drag Race, VH1, and more. Latino programming includes The Walking Dead in Espanol, Forensic Files in Espanol, Nick Latino, and Comedy Central Latino. Pluto TV also includes news channels for CBSN, NBC News, CNN, CBS Local Channels, and others as well as movies. Viacom bought Pluto TV earlier last year for $340 million. Overall, Pluto TV operates in 22 countries across North America, Europe, and Latin America. 
The free ad-supported streaming service streaming space has been has seen a spurt of activity in the past year. Fox Corp bought Tubi for four hundred and forty million dollars, while NBC Universal is gearing up to launch Peacock with a free streaming tier on July fifteenth. So, quite a bit of programming coming to Pluto TV. Some good news for some, bad news for others. Personally, I'm not a fan of Star Trek or reality, but I know a lot of people that are. And something more for them to be able to watch is always a good thing. So, Pluto is definitely coming on. Next up, an article from BleedingCool.com. Groundhog Day star Stephen Tobolowsky says TV series in works. Groundhog Day is probably the most beloved film about a time loop in cinema history. Directed by Harold Ramis, the 1993 comedy classic follows weatherman Phil Connors, played by Bill Murray, who travels to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania to cover the town's superstitious tradition of pulling its beloved large furry rodent, also named Phil, out of its burrow every February 2nd. While it's a fun time for all the citizens of Punxsutawney, I'm not as sure for the poor groundhog who has to keep enduring this annually. Anyhow... Murray discovers he's stuck on a time loop having to relive repeatedly the same day, and only he retains the memories of his loops until he can find his way out. According to one of the film stars, Stephen Tobolowsky, who spoke on the Production Meeting podcast, a television series based on the film is in the works. The actor played insurance salesman Ned Needlenose Ryerson, who is one of many Phil runs into constantly during his loops. There's talk about a Groundhog Day series in the works, Tobolowsky said. One of the producers, I was working on the Goldbergs are schooled, one of those shows over on the Sony lot, and one of them saw me and goes, Oh, Steven, Steven, we're working on a Groundhog Day TV show. Could you be Ned for the TV show? I go, sure, yeah, no problem. But it's Ned 30 years later. What has, life be what has his life become? The actor reprised his role for a Jeep Super Bowl commercial that saw Murray return to Punxsutawney 27 years later back in the town waking up with the alarm as Sonny and Cher's I Got You Babe playing in the background. Like in the original 1993 film, Tobolowsky still retains the same charm as he did in the film recreating the same awkward scenes with Murray. Of course, they find new things for him to do in the commercial during the loops. Written by Ramis and Danny Rubin, Groundhog Day was a huge success for Sony, garnering $70.9 million, more than doubling its original budget. The film also starred Andy McDowell and Chris Elliott, Tobolowsky is also currently on the Pop TV series One Day at a Time. So, I don't know if a TV series is going to be able to hold up to the charm of the original film. Hopefully, because the film is great, but only time will tell on that one. Next up is news of a new reboot, but with a twist that makes it very interesting. This is from Deadline.com. The Wonder Years reboot with Black Family and works at ABC from Saladin K. Patterson, Lee Daniels, and Fred Savage. ABC has launched a pilot production commitment to The Wonder Years, a new iteration of the network's 1980s family comedy drama. It comes from Dave executive producer Saladin K. Patterson, Empire co-creator Lee Daniels, the original series breakout star Fred Savage, and 20th Century Fox TV. Written by Patterson, inspired by his experiences growing up in Montgomery, Alabama, the new incarnation of Wonder Years chronicles how a middle-class black family in Montgomery in the turbulent late 1960s, the same era as the original series, made sure it was the Wonder Years for them, too. 
The approach is reminiscent of the successful current reimagining of the classic family sitcom One Day at a Time with the Latino family. The Wonder Years has a pilot production commitment. If the pilot script is approved for pilot production by ABC, the sign-off also would trigger the opening of a mini-writer's room in preparation for a possible series pickup. Savage will direct the potential pilot. He and Patterson executive produced the half-hour project with Lee Daniels Entertainment, Daniels and Mark Velez. So, there's more here to the article if you want to read it, but definitely makes a whole new story and a whole new setting when you're setting a black family in the 1960s. A lot of stuff to cover there. So, like I've said many times, I don't like reboots, but this isn't so much a reboot as a new idea inspired by an another idea. And that's okay with me. If you want to make something brand new out of something that has inspired you, that's fine. But taking something just to redo it, no. But just imagine the possibilities with a black family in the late 60s and all the civil rights movement and everything else. Definitely, definitely sounds like an interesting story. Time will tell. Hopefully they do a great job and ABC picks it up. And one last news segment here from USA Today. Walmart turned 160 parking lots into drive-in movie theaters in August. Moviegoers who miss the experience of heading to theaters have a new option for the summer. Walmart will turn 160 of its parking lots into drive-in movie theaters to offer contactless film premieres, the company announced Wednesday. The Tribeca drive-in team will program the movies, which will run starting in August until October. Walmart will roll out this red carpet experience in towns across the country for a combined 320 showings, reads a company statement. Besides movies, the family-friendly night will have special appearances from filmmakers and celebrities. Concessions will be delivered to customer vehicles. Moviegoers will be able to order their drive-in essentials online for curbside pickup on the way to their movie. Further updates will be available through the program's website. So, definitely something that could bring a lot of joy to a lot of people this summer. Many of us have missed the drive-in theaters because they've just gone away. So hopefully this will help bring back a little bit of that. Um, look forward to seeing which towns are available and if there's one near me. And finally, a couple of sad news items to mention this week. Composer Ennio Morricone passed away at the age of 89. Of course, if you don't know who he is, you definitely know his theme from the good, the bad, and the ugly. Very sad indeed to have him gone. You just can't say enough words about somebody that we've lost. However, even more devastating is the fact that Nick Cordero has passed away at the age of 41. If you don't know Nick Cordero's story, he, has, he was hospitalized, I believe, for 95 days with coronavirus. His leg was amputated. There was talk of him needing a double lung transplant. 
he was in a coma and came out of it. He had setbacks after setbacks and really fought hard to try and recover. And it just didn't work out for him. I hate that he lost the battle. If there was any one person you'd be pulling for, it's someone like this who had so many setbacks and kept fighting and still couldn't battle back their way. And this is another reason we need to remember to wear the masks to protect others. Because where our immune system might be good, somebody else's might not. And wearing the mask helps prevent giving it to them. And you can talk about how few deaths there are from this disease. But look at the other implications. He was alive for 95 days, lost his leg, needed a double lung transplant. Even if he'd have come out alive, his life was drastically changed forever. And that's not a solo story. There are more like it that we don't hear about because it's not a famous person really just truly devastated by this news very sad I feel for his wife and children I can't imagine what they're going through and I really hope the vaccines that they're working on are actually going to work and we can put an end to this nightmare once and for all but I'd like to dedicate my show this week to Nick Cordero and his memory Thank you for fighting such a valiant battle. Thank you for making more people aware of how bad this disease is. Thank you for the hours of entertainment you have given us. And rest well, sir. You definitely deserve it. Coming from Deadline, the top 10 films of the July 4th weekend. Of course, theaters are starting to reopen, but there's not many, if any, new films to release. So, they're going to the well. This was the top 10 for the weekend of July 4th, 2020. Number 10, My Spy, with $107,000. Number 9, The Hunt, with $111,000. Number 8, Star Wars The Force Awakens, with $123,000. Number 7, The Jungle Book, $171,000. Number 6, Deadpool, bringing in $193,000. Number 5, the movie that launched the summer blockbuster, Jaws, brought in $195,000. Number four was Jurassic Park with $235,000 take. Number three, Relic, $282,600. Number two, Jumanji, The Next Level, $300,000. And number one, Ghostbusters. The original film brought in over $550,000 on July 4th weekend. First up, I'm going to review Passenger 57. Now, this will also bring me to another review with it. This is on 
the Roku channel for free with ads. Roku has recently done some upgrades. They changed some things, turned them back, but the thing that's really fantastic is the new linear live channels on the Roku channel. There are many options, all kinds of new stuff on there. There are movie channels, there are news channels, there are sports channels, I believe, there are Hispanic channels, there are kids channels, there are sci-fi channels, there's a classic television channel which does 21 Jump Street, Wise Guy, The Greatest American Hero, among others. So lots of shows on there and lots of movies to be able to watch for free. So if you want something that you can just put on and not pay any attention to so much, they have that. They do have two game show channels. One is Originals from the Game Show Network in reruns. Another is Buzzer, as Pluto TV has. It's live on the antenna. So you do have those two options. And they have a Deal or No Deal channel, as well as a Family Feud channel, but the Family Feud channel does not show complete episodes that I have seen so far. But I really enjoy this new Roku channel live feed. I'm really hoping that they give a superhero or comic book hero type of channel on there. They do have The Greatest American Hero. They have Batman 66 on the Roku channel. They've got Mutant X, Nightman, um, The Tick was just recently added. They could expand it to other shows and be like the Heroes and Icons channel where they have like 21 Jump Street and Charlie's Angels because they're also heroes. Uh, the comic book feel would fit for Time Tracks, which is also on the Roku channel. Um, but I just think that a, a Heroes channel would definitely be watched. I would certainly put it on. I want DC Universe to do a live streaming channel that runs ads with their shows. I would definitely put it on and just let it run. But those aren't happening right now, so back to the review. If you have a Roku, definitely check out this new Roku Live. It is so much better than what they had before. They've added so many channels, so much quality programming on there. I think you'll be happy with it. And I've cut my cable over a year ago, and I don't miss it for a second. Especially with all these new streaming options that keep coming along. So check it out. But that gets us to my review of Passenger 57, which is available with ads for free on the Roku channel. The movie is only an hour and 24 minutes or so. I do believe I saw it when it was out in theaters. It was 1992 release. I don't think I've seen it since, or if I did, it was when it was on home video. But I didn't remember much anything about this film. It's basically Wesley Snipes is airline security trying to prevent terrorist attacks on a plane. This was in 1992. Um, 
many themes in this film really stand out because of the atmosphere of today. For instance, there is a Confederate flag flying at the carnival that's in the film. When he gets off the plane, he is automatically assumed to be guilty. Could be because he's black and could be because he got off the plane. But they don't really delve into it, but it automatically, with today's society, you think he's a black man, he's automatically accused as guilty. So that really comes in timely. Before I give my words on it, IMDb ranks it 5.9 out of 10, and Rotten Tomatoes gives it 24%. Almost forgot to give the other guys totals there. The cast is Wesley Snipes, Bruce Payne, Tom Sizemore, Bruce Greenwood, among others. Bruce Greenwood, of course, I know him from St. Elsewhere. He has been in many films along the way. His truly great actor, um, Wesley Snipes, of course, he was all about the action film, which is what this is. It is not a brilliant masterpiece. It would never win an Academy Award. But it's definitely an enjoyable film. I think 24% is really low for Rotten Tomatoes to give it. But then again, Rotten Tomatoes gives a lot of films that I like low scores. For me personally, it's a lot of cliche, bad dialogue for an action film. But it is an enjoyable story. You do get lost in it, and since it's not that long... You really stay hooked on it. It's from start to finish. There's no real pause in it. The story is set up pretty quickly. And pretty well. One thing that really did bother me watching it. At the beginning, the terrorist is running away from the cops. And a taxi goes sideways. And then, a, you know, those water cooler bottles of water that they replace there's a truck carrying those that turns sideways and trying to avoid the wreck and all the water bottles come flying out of the truck but that was my problem is why were the doors open on that truck didn't make sense other than to make a big mess without wrecking the cars so that was problematic but it really doesn't hurt the film it's just something you instantly notice. But like I said, it was an enjoyable movie. Not a fantastic script. The acting was very good. I mean, it's not the most stellar acting in the world, but they definitely did their roles, and they did their parts well. The production looks good. Camera work was good. So, for the sheer enjoyment, the quality of the production, the quality of the acting, and the lacking on the script. Not that it's a terrible script, but it's just cliche, overused, obvious. So for that, it brings the score down. I still give it a 3 out of 5. It's definitely enjoyable, definitely worth watching, and like I said, it is free with ads on the Roku channel. Check it out. Next up, Disney Plus premiered Hamilton, the musical, live on stage. It was filmed four years ago over the course of three nights. 
IMDB ranks it with a 9.0 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, 99% tomato meter, 92% audience score. The cast was great. Did notice a couple things with the, the cast. One is a touchy subject. And I know it's a touchy subject before I get into it. These are historical figures. Their race was definite because they are historical figures. They did not go with the race the people were originally. They spread out. So, therefore, George Washington is not white. Aaron Burr is not white. And you'll see others along the way. There are sisters, one's white, one's black. I don't have any issue with that outside of the fact that these are actual people who actually lived. That would be the only reason that I would ever... Well, not the only reason, but the... One of the biggest reasons I would say you don't want to change these characters to be a different race. Others, another example would be like if Marvel would do the Black Panther but make the Black Panther white. It's not right for the character. Wouldn't want it. However, these actors did phenomenal in their roles. When you get past the issue of race, they're doing the story justice. The music is very good. Lots of dance numbers that I did not expect in this. This is a high production, high energy, fast paced, and it runs almost three hours. So it keeps you going. And there is an intermission on Disney Plus, but the intermission is only one minute. Um, gotta say, Jonathan Groff absolutely steals the show as King George. He was in the TV series Looking, as well as the movie Looking, among other things. But he absolutely was the single best moment of the show. And there was a very noticeable glob of spit that came out of his mouth while he was singing at one point. I chalked it up to the fact that he was singing so forcefully that it would happen because it happens to me a lot when I talk I do get a lot of fluid in my mouth which I know is kind of disgusting but it happens so I gave him points on the fact that he didn't stop to wipe he didn't let it phase him he kept on with his role but then it turns out that it's a common occurrence with him does not take away from the performance he is still the absolute best character in the show even if he was not a good person and I'm not saying King George was a terrible person but he wasn't the hero of the show needless to say I watched a I watched some of a documentary from YouTube on Alexander Hamilton they seem to get the story very right Everything that was in the documentary was in the musical. Could be that the documentary focused on the stories from the musical and not other stories from his life. But 
they did very well with that. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda, of course, plays Alexander Hamilton. Leslie Odom Jr. is Aaron Burr. Just a phenomenal cast, many of whom I'm not familiar with. Jonathan Groff, you can't really tell who he is in the King George outfit. All you really see is his face. Um, the wig really distorts his the way he usually looks, so I did not recognize him until later. But the musical numbers are fantastic. The singing is really good. Like I said, very high energy, very fast-paced. The dance numbers are phenomenal. They really put their effort into it, you can tell. And they tell a great story. Highly, highly recommend seeing this. It's a very enjoyable musical. It, Like I said, it's almost three hours, but it's a fast three hours that keeps moving. So you definitely enjoy it. It is hampered by the fact that it's on a stage, but it does not hurt the film at all. So definitely, if you have Disney+, Plus, check this out. I easily give this a 4 out of 5. The production is great. The acting, the singing, the dancing, the script, it's all just clicking so well. So definitely worth checking out. Finally... The Intruder, a film came out last year, currently available to watch on Stars. The other guys, IMDb gives it 5.6 out of 10, Rotten Tomatoes scored it 33%, and Metacritic gave it 39. The cast is definitely recognizable. Of course, Dennis Quaid plays The Intruder. Michael Ely plays the husband who of the couple that buys the house. His character is Scott. His wife's name is Annie. Michael Ely I recognized instantly from the following and from the second season of Secrets and Lies. He was on uh, Think Like a Man 2. Think Like a Man, Underworld Awakening, Californication, The Good Wife, Sleeper Cell, just a long list of stuff that he's been in. Barbershop, very good actor, very skilled. IMDb has him 52 acting credits listed. Known for Barbershop, Think Like a Man, Takers, and Too Fast, Too Furious which I'll forgive him for Too Fast, Too Furious, because I'm not a fan of that franchise. I know, unpopular theory there, but I just am not. Um, Megan Good plays his wife Annie. Looking through hers, she was in Think Like a Man, Brick, The Unborn, and Debs. She was the superhero Darla in Shazam, did not realize that. Uh, Minority Report TV series, uh, Think Like a Man 2, she made it into, uh, also in Californication, she seems to have done a lot with him, Saw 5, uh, lots of stuff on her, 79 credits to her on IMDb, 
basically the story is Dennis Quaid is selling his house to Annie and Scott. It starts out, they come to look at the house. He's kind of off-putting. They look at other houses. They end up buying his house. He keeps showing up. And things pick up from there. The story is very good. Again, not an Academy Award winning film by any stretch of the imagination. But it's not as cliched. It does make me think a lot of Pacific Heights. If you've seen that film, this one really does remind me of that. Um, it's definitely an enjoyable film. It, the story flows well. It's not extremely long as I'm looking up the length of the film here. Uh, let's see. La, la, la. As I'm trying to find the length. An hour and 42 minutes. It does not feel like an hour and 42 minutes. It goes quick. The story is a great pace to it. The production is very well done. The script is good. The acting is very strong. The effects that they need, there's not a lot of them, but the effects they have are very good. It's just overall an enjoyable suspense thriller type of film. Like I said, does definitely hearken to um, the style of Pacific Heights. A little bit of flip of something, but again, something inspired by something that had been done previously, I'm okay with. Something just flat out remaking something else, not so good. So, I very much enjoyed it. Love Dennis Quaid. I've been thinking about reviewing Dennis or sus Suspect that he did with Cher. Loved that film. Really want to get back into it and really dive into it. I think if you watch this film, you'll enjoy it. I hope you will. Check it out on Stars if you've got it. Me, I gave it a three and a half out of five. It's not the greatest film, but I don't think it's meant to be. I think it's meant to be enjoyable. And just an escape with a little bit of suspense and thrills thrown in. So check it out. Let me know what you think. As always, at Chris underscore H71 on Twitter or Chris underscore H71 at Yahoo.com. But that's it for me this week. Hope you all enjoyed the show. I'll talk to you next week. Definitely going to be reviewing Greyhound starring Tom Hanks, the World War II thriller that is being released straight to Apple TV Plus. Definitely want to check that one out. Anytime it's a World War II film, I want to see it. But that's it for this week. So long, everybody.